Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, I'm Debbie. And I'm Allison. And we're... The Poltergals. And I'm Debbie. And we're the, the Poulter Gals. Look, I did it with you this time. I know. I'm and so you, proud. You want to know what? I just realized yesterday, mm. go away, Randall, um, that the squirrels or mm-hmm. the ghost squirrels, whatever, mm-hmm. up there running. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't even know who starts an episode anymore. We don't. At, at some point, that switched. I think we just pulled mm. sometimes introduce you introduce i introduce it just depends on how we're feeling yeah whatever the vibe is that's how we go we go based on vibe everybody is it a vibe it's a vibe v-i-b-e z-z vibes um but yeah so we're chilling today in the studio yeah we have our glass of valimos vineyards um how did she pronounce it she said it's a muscat canelli um this is a sweet white which is absolutely delicious um it's an amazing Wine, uh, made by our a local winery. Shout yeah. out! Shout out to Sarah for shout out for some of our thoughts. Yeah. The amazing wine podcast. If you guys haven't checked it out, go check it out already. Because you could be sipping on some wine, listening to music, cooking, and maybe even finding some ghosties all at the same time. Exactly. Um, you know us. We love getting drunk and going ghost hunting. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? I guess so. Maybe we're gonna all make right. it a thing. Well, I haven't had any of this, so I'm gonna try it. You, how did it's it taste amazing? To you? It's sweet. It? It's 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 just like it's a simp- It's a sip and wine, you know. It's like one of those that's absolutely amazing. Um, it says it doesn't really say anything. It's a it Texas weird. white wine. It's thirteen percent alcohol. This is a seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle. Um, it's a twenty twenty two, so it is a new wine, and this is actually um made oh. in the first eight rows of the winery. So this is made with the grapes that they make. They grow in the first eight rows. Um, that's actually like so really good. really good. I told you it was so good. Um, and it's like it was great. It's not like mo- it's like a very fruity. Like even to like after the aftertaste is very fruity as well. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very much so. That's weird. Um, but yeah, so we have a wonderful wine bottle, and um, that's going to be sponsoring our episode. So again, shout out Valley Mills Vineyards, shout out Rootstock Wine Festival coming up on April 15th. If you guys haven't already got your tickets and you're in the Waco area, or yeah, even yeah. if you're coming from out of town, this is a great opportunity that's to come and visit. Really. Um, and it is amazing. Um, so thank you so much. Shout out again. 
Alrighty, what are we talking about today, Allison? So today is the Muck Pike Mansion. Muck Pike. Muck Pike. Muck Pike. It's in Alton, Illinois. Ooh, Illinois. Oh my god, do you want to know something I just found out? Uh, what's that? So apparently, I was so we were watching a video with Wolfgang Puck, and I was like, oh my god, Cameron, I want to go to a Michelin star restaurant. There are no Michelin star restaurants in Texas. There are only Michelin star restaurants in L.A., on the coast, in Orlando, in Chicago, in New York. I don't even know what that is. Like, you know, where they get, like, Michelin star accreditation. So it's like, oh, this is a Michelin star, five-star restaurant, or three-star restaurant. So Michelin stars, if, a lot of people don't know this, but it's actually the tire company. Like, the Michelin tire company oh. actually started doing it to get people to, like, travel. Um, but there are no Michelin star restaurants in Texas. So I'm advocating... For the Michelin star restaurant to come to Texas. I don't care if it's in Austin. I don't care if it's in Dallas. It'd be absolutely freaking crazy if it was in Waco. Can they just give a Michelin star to something like Whataburger? Well, no. There's like a Michelin star board and there's like requirements. No. It has it's to be like fine dining. It, it is fine dining. Whataburger is not fine dining. It's fine dining. <laughs> you also have to like pay money to the Michelin star board. So apparently Orlando, like the county or Orlando, the city pays a million dollars to Michelin star. Um, board every year so they can have michelin star restaurants what's the point of that though? i don't know that's what i don't understand the whole point of having stars is to not pay it's like hey here's my money and so in other words it's the more money you have the more stars you get i don't know listen i don't make the rules these are just what i found out and again it just reminded me what a bugger what a bugger needs to be a michelin star fine dining restaurant delicious amazing yes you know what i call whataburger wait a burger you always have to wait in line for like 20 minutes. Because it's delicious. I guess so. I mean, I don't know if it's worth it, but. It's worth I it. I did just have recently their new breakfast bowl. Shout out, not shout out. It was so good. It was like a biscuit and then gravy and like eggs. And then it had a hash, like little hash browns in it. It was exactly. so good. Um. Anyway, back to Alton, Illinois and the McPike Mansion. Yeah. Allison, do you want to get us started? I guess. All right, let's go. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> construction began in 1869 because apparently that's how all the good spookies. Yep. You know, said anything it made times. in the 1800s is going to be haunted. So this was built. The architect was Lucas Burger. That, that's a whole lot of puff, 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 girls. There are like literally four <laughs> Fs in this name. <laughs> it's, She's not even joking, guys. Puff, 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 puff in the bu- uh, bugger. That's literally. Fiefenberger. <laughs> like, I don't even. Fiefenberger. Fiefenberger. I don't know how to even pronounce this guy's It's like, name. do you remember on that show, it was like Fred Fredberger? Why would anybody want to say Fred Fredberger? Fred Fredberger? It's yeah. from, uh, uh, it's from Marvelous Misadventures of Flapjack. Do you remember that show? Oh. oh my gosh. I hated that show. You hated that show? I, I that watched show. one episode and then I was like, nope. Oh my gosh, Fred. Fred. Or maybe it was from uh, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy. I cannot remember. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to watch that show. You weren't allowed to watch that? No. Because apparently it represented death. Well, yeah. Not, and demons. Not der. Um, so I wasn't allowed to watch it. Hey. Um. Yeah, Fred Fredberger from The Grim Adventures. Fred Fredberger is a tubby, light green, short, hyperactive elephant-like monster with stubby, pale green horns and a green devil tail. Also has dark blue eyes. Fred is easily impressed and lives with his mama. 
In Unlist Halloween Bash, she serves as the main character for the episode. The more you know. Anyway, sorry, let's get back to the real life for, for, for Burger. D- yeah, because that's a lot. So, and this year, McPike's... Yeah, you know what? It's just going to be McPike. was Mc considered Pike. one of the finest in the quality at an exhibition of the Mississippi Valley Grape Growers, Growers Association. Association. Which is why we have wine for this episode. Is it? Yeah. I thought it was just because we had a free bottle of wine. Oh, well, that too. But also, because <laughs> shout out to Valuable. <laughs> well, Diana, which I believe is his wife, was best on exhibition. Mm-hmm. McPike served as ma- mayor of Alton and was a notable local businessman involved in real estate and box making. So he just made boxes? I think so. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Hey, maybe he's he finds the cardboard? I don't know. Was cardboard, like, made? Like, what's the history of cardboard? You know, we were talking about, I don't know why, but we're talking about is, like, finding random objects and, like, looking up its history. Hey, that'd be cool. And talking New about. Podcast. Like, New podcast. Yeah, that's idea. what we were wanting to do. Uh, Reagan was really interested in this, and Reagan's another editor here, so. Maybe Reagan will have a podcast now. So, Shout out. Yeah, maybe we're like maybe maybe do a podcast about that. That'd be cool. But anyway, so he was in box real making, and box making, whatever, whatever that, that is. Yeah, he served as a librarian at the Alton Southern Illinois Horticultural Society. Horticultural Society in the late 1880s. That is a mouthful, man. That means plants. Pl- plants. Plants. Okay. But he be dead in 1910. He be dead. He died he, in 1910. He go he go by went from one world to another. The more you know. <laughs> and in 1925, the mansion was then purchased by Paul A. Yeah. You know what? Just Paul. Paul A. Paul A. Who then rented the rooms out to others and lived there until his death in 1945. Wow. The house then sat abandoned for several years and eventually gained interest in put a potential demolish, but was converted and converted the land into a shopping center. Mm-hmm. Though this fell through due to zoning issues uh, during some of that lovely waiting period. Mm-hmm. The house was ransacked and what was left behind, including its furnishing wooden banisters and toilets <laughs> and it became a, v- a victim of vandalism and neglect wow I so like all these bullet points are super sad allison i'm sorry i guess that's how places get haunted right yeah <laughs> and then i don't know why but i've also been following a bunch of uh abandoned places on facebook Ooh. like pages and I it's actually that. really cool i'm excited so the structure was listed on the National Register of Historic Places on June 17th of 1980. And, and but was left for derelict. What is derelict? I don't know. Derelict? Derelict. D-E-R-E-L-E-C-T. For many years before being purchased by Sharon and George. Shout 
in a nineteen ninety, but Sharon. Yeah, it was weird. That's a weird spelling, but okay. In nineteen ninety four, and they intended to convert it into a hotel, but to earlier assurances at an auction, they were unable to secure a restoration grant from any federal, state, or even local agencies. Although they did have overseen a registration process funded through donations and tours. And in 2017, the Alton Historic Commission presented them with an award and a preservation for work done on the front porch and conservatory. Wow. Oh, and derelict. It's derelict. It is in very poor condition as a result of disuse or neglect i.e. the cities were derelict and dying. It can also be a person without a home, job, or property, as derelicts who could fit all their possessions in a paper bag. Wow. That's sad. And my phone goes beep, beep. Anyway, so now you guys know about the history. It's time for a commercial break. Yay! Bye! <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsors. Spooky. (laughs) Hey, y'all, I'm April. Hi, I'm Caroline. And we have a new podcast for you. What's it called, Caroline? Uh, Bloody Happy Hour. It's going to be your new favorite guilty pleasure. We're going to talk about some bloody stuff. Serial killers. True crime. Rape. <laughs> Rapists. Why not join us? We'll have a good time. You literally never know. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> bloody Happy Hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. On this commercial break, it is brought to you by Valley Mill Vineyards. Shout out. We because, thank uh, you so much for a free bottle of wine. Because yeah, we love uh, some Samoyes. 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 Some more yay. <laughs> some more yays. <laughs> anyway. Okay, that's all. That's all we got for y'all. <laughs> See you on the flip side. <laughs> Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine Wine and vinyl. vinyl. (laughs) So check us out on roguemedianetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And now, back to the show. Spooky. (laughs) All right, and welcome back. Now you guys know the history. It's time to get into the hauntings. So, as mentioned, Henry Guest McPike was the original owner of the building, and therefore, he's obviously one of the ghosts. So, McPike is a multi-faced spirit. Um, he was a two-time mayor of Alton, which you already said, and a kingmaker in local politics. He was also a boxmaker, is that what it's Yeah, a boxmaker. <laughs> I don't know what, what is that a, means. What is a boxmaker? Um, maybe we should have looked that up during the commercial break. <laughs> Um, But anyway, he also dabbled in horticulture, propagating his own variety of grapes covered in winemaking circles, which, again, why we have the wine today, um, in honor of Mr. McPike himself. Um, And then he was also a skilled businessman who counted real estate and insurances along all of his venues. So he was a very smart man. Um, A man of such prominence needed a stately home. And in 1869, McPike commissioned the local architect to build the um, Italianite style estate on his 15 acre compound. Um, McPike adored the property so much is what we hear you know obviously from most ghosts is like this was my dream house which is why I moved into it so like can you get out of my house so um, <laughs> a box maker mm-hmm. this he's says a hat. he's a multi-hat person oh my gosh <gasps> we haven't brought back the multi-hat in a I while know. shout out the multi-hat Ooh. Oh, my brain's going wild now anyway so a box maker is the making and repairing of all boxes, the sawing, resawing, and cutting to size of all material for box making and crates. This also entails inspecting tools, mechanical equipment, and maintaining and repairing them as needed. Oh. So, yeah, he did just make boxes. The more you know. Um, but anyway, he adored his property, particularly the grove of fruit trees, um, before he succumbed to brief illness in the house <gasps> in 1910 and died. What you already told us. Um, well, legend has it that I'm, his I'm spirit glad, never left. I'm glad you did better than me. Why? <laughs> what? <laughs> the succumbed? Yeah. <laughs> and then he died. That's what she said. She said he just died. He succumbed and died. Um, I feel like we say that word a lot on here. <laughs> um, I love that. We love that for him. Well, if you, if you have not, if you don't know why I'm making such a big deal, you should uh not be thirteen and thirteen or fifteen and I'm die of diabetes. And this is deep. No, Allison. <laughs> Ugh, I forgot about that episode. Go back and listen to our old episodes, guys. Promo. 
Um, anyway. <laughs> Oops. So he died in 1910. Legend not of diabetes, it, Not of diabetes. He just got an illness. It didn't say what kind of illness. Probably tuberculosis, honestly, if we're talking about it. Oh, so he could have died of diabetes. I mean, he might have. It didn't say. It just said he succumbed <sighs> to illness. So um, tragic. Anyway, legend has it that his spirit actually never left. For more than a century, local lore has held the home known as McPike's Mansion is haunted by its original owner. So, of course, McPike. Um, McPike, however, might not be the only apparition who has seemingly taken central residence inside the mansion's walls. Sharon and George Leduc, Leduc, however you're going to pronounce it, um, who also invested thousands of dollars into renovating the home since purchasing it in 1994, believe that there are dozens of spirits who have maintained a presence in addition to the home. Oh, and they're the ones that got that award in 2017. Yep, exactly. Interesting. They've owned the home since 1994, and then, you know, they're still renovating it and everything, blah, 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 and then they got that award. Um, But anyway, they think there are actually dozens of spirits. So not just McPike himself, but actually way more. And I mean, again, you know, it was back in the 1800s, so everything's spooky back then. Um, So among the punitive spectral inhabitants is Henry's mother, Lydia. She's the matriarch of the family, Sharon says. She's a pretty strong presence who's like to be introduced when I bring people into the entranceway. So it's like, hi, welcome to my entryway. This is a ghost. Her name is Sharon. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> sorry. Lydia. Her, her name is Lydia. Uh, God, yeah. Linda. Listen, Linda, it's Mom, Lydia. Linda. Um, but yeah, anyway, so Lydia's like, hi, I'm here. So she was actually McPike's first wife. Oh, no, sorry. And then there's also McPike's first wife, who is Mary. Um, she makes regular appearances as well. She's kind of shy, but she's a really good spirit. So, again, kind of benevolent, kind of just chilling, doesn't really do anything. She's not spooky at all. Um, And then Sharon says that she also loves children, which is really cute. So, shout out Mary. We love you. Um, Ghost mommy. Tuck me in at night. Oh. Um, So, we have have Lydia. We have Mary. um, And then we move on to McPike's son, who is James. So there have also been encounters with McPike's son, who is James, and their daughter-in-law, Ginny. This is who Sharon calls the trickster of the spiritual group. So, like, they're just playing a bunch of little pranks. Um, She says that Ginny will touch people, like, not in, like, a harmful way or anything, but, like, she might tug on your hair a little bit or, like, touch your ear or, like, just, like, mess with you. That way you know that she's there. So that's one of the options. Neither Lydia nor Mary lived in the mansion before their deaths, and not all of the supposed spirits are of McPike's clan, so she does say that there might be other people that are at the residence as well. Um, Sharon says she's felt the spirit of a woman named Sarah, who was believed to have been a personal attendant to the McPikes. So again, not his direct line of uh, descendants, but just someone who was in the house at the time, you know? Um, So it kind of works out that way. And then um, they also say... um, they claim that at least three children actually lost their lives in the mansion as well. Um, So there are at least three children who may have lived on the property before McPike purchased it that still haunt the ground. So um, there are three young little Billies and Sallies. Like the property or the house? Uh, It says the property. So I'm assuming like... I'm assuming the land. Remember, it's on 15 acres. So this is like a huge estate, like giant. 
Okay. So I'm assuming, again, we don't know if they died in the mansion or were there on the property before, but well, I guess they have not deceased. It would have had to have been the property because he built the house unless yeah. it was another house that was there. Yeah, and again, I imagine these are like countryside estates where there's like other little houses and like where they're, you know, they're caretakers or they're, yeah. I don't want to say like they're like their help, but like, yeah, like their help and stuff work. On. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so there were three students or three little kids. Um, and then no earthly bodies have lived in the house since 1954. So no one has actually lived in the house. Um, and then, of course, Sharon and her husband bought it in 1994. But no one's lived in it since 1954. Interesting. Um, so no one's actually lived in the house since 1954. It was long ago condemned, but the site has now become a popular destination in the recent decades for hunters of paranormal activity. That's us. That's us. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, um, wonder, I wonder if they actually made it into... A hotel. I don't know. Like they said that they're trying to. Maybe. What did they get the award for in 2017 again? It was. Preservation for work done on the front porch and conservatory. Hmm. So I wonder. Um. But yes. Yeah, so now they open up to ghost tours. So I mean they do that. And then a photograph captured a dark shadow in the doorway to the cellar. And Sharon says it's pretty obvious that that is Henry himself. So, um, Henry, again, still just chilling at his house, him and his wife, Mary, um, and then along with the matriarch of the family and some other little children and his son and daughter-in-law. So, there's just, like, a whole family of little ghosties living in there. And, again, she said there's probably, like, 20 ghosts in there, so it's not, like, just them. But there might be other people in there as well. Um, so yeah, that's all the hauntings. And again, I, if I find this picture, they are talking about uh, the photograph of the dark shadow in the cellar door, mm-hmm. claiming to be Mr. Henry McPike himself. I will post that on our social media so you guys can take a look for yourself and see what you think. Um, but yeah, so that's all the hauntings of the McPike mansion. Is there anything else you want to share with us today, Allison? I don't think so. I think that's everything. Yeah. We don't have any announcements. We don't have anything else going on no. right now. Well, uh paranormality check out paranormality magazine use our code polter pals that's p-o-l-t-e-r-p-a-l-s for your 10 percent off that's including the t-shirt as well as the upcoming magazine yeah that's uh all one word all lowercase um don't miss out yeah all right well thank you guys for listening to another episode of the polter gals Bye. bye You've been listening to The Poltergals, a Rogue Media Network podcast. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.